The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi mask. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We are going to start off this week's episode... With a hot take from Abigail Gardner, Abby's quote yesterday, modern Stephen King is better than old Stephen King. I, yeah, that's my personal what? take. I like modern day Stephen, I am going to state this <sighs> Hold on. as not 100% a fact. <laughs> because I, about? I have not finished Jake Dr. Sweat Sleep yet. Jake Sweat. I just want to know like Sleep what is- you're, what. What I'm are you basing, basing? Here we go. What modern Stephen Kings are we basing this on? Strictly the one that I haven't finished yet, <laughs> Dr. Sleep, but I'm getting close to finishing and I'm thoroughly enjoying. So, so I said so to Craig one that, book. Yeah. So it's just one versus the like whatever eight to 10 that I've read that are from the 80s and from his early okay. career pre sobriety. But I just. So really- a book that's a book that's, mm-hmm. you know, what? Seven years old at this point. Yeah. Versus one book versus tons and all tons of the tons. greatest books ever. All right, written. you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I'll say that I don't know if I necessarily No, stand by. All right. Stand I just, I like <laughs> I like my PC positive 2013 Stephen King who's making references to Daenerys Targaryen and I like to like read about modern day stuff like the internet and uh I think that it's it's honestly different to read a 2013 Stephen King book versus yeah. kind of well, his, I don't want to say like coked out or like ver- yeah. verbose bloated work, but it's definitely like a little bit nicer. And the last Stephen King book I read was uh, Richard Bachman, actually uh, the long walk. And that's a very dystopic, like r- hey, stripped of positivity. Honestly, a lot of people have criticized me with the same thing of uh, the people criticize Stephen King. Um, neither one of us can finish a book. <laughs> Um, I, I actually like, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, well, actually, I like, actually, I like Dr. Sleep a lot. That's a good book. Um, yeah. I don't want to say anything else until you finish it. Cause I don't want to, we can get into this I'm next so week if you're, if you're done with it. Okay. No you hear spoilers. what? I'm just, a, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody trying to read it, but th- right, I feel like right, right. it's going to be like the, somehow the ending's not satisfying. And I hope that's not the case because I'm enjoying What would story. ever make you think that? Just everybody in, and also the most recent <laughs> like, fucking it, Stephen it. King adaptation. Um, it, I, I do like Dr. Sleep. My, my problem with uh, current Stephen King is that he's not scary anymore. There's some scary stuff in Dr. Sleep. But that book came out in 2013, and that is the last kind of bit of scary. I haven't read everything he's been putting out, but a lot of it has been he he has kind of made the jump from, you know, all of the scary monster horror stuff. And now he does a lot of uh, slightly supernatural detective work. 
And that shit is not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't picked up every one of his books that comes out every month mm-hmm. because I'm still trying to go through the backlog of, of all the older stuff. But I did read Mr. Mercedes. I don't know exactly when that came out, but uh, it wasn't fun. It had a couple good things in it, but we, we're going to get off on a whole thing. We should. We yeah. have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, let me interrupt Bring by saying. In. Welcome to episode 167 of Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg, and as you can tell, we are on fire tonight, folks. Abigail Goldberg. Abby, I'm just saying Woo! that, you know, you shouldn't just come in and say that. All right, I'm just kidding. Whoa, right. it's true. Let's have a Stephen King match. I think we could, and uh, I'm in the corner with just like my 365 pages that I've read of Dr. Sleep and not the entire book. Um <laughs> But yeah, fuck it. All I, all I know is that I enjoy reading Stephen King, and I'm glad that I'm reading a Stephen King book right now because it's yeah. a really good way to spend my time, and I find it very therapeutic and relaxing, and I'm into the story because there's a lot of fucking cool female characters in it. So I'm looking forward to the movie. And from there, let's get back into our uh, lineup. Jacob Walsh. Hi. So um, I want to plug Patreon real quick. We've been doing Patreon for about a year and a month now we do these bonus episodes every month and they're really fun they're definitely i would say they're looser if you can yeah, imagine i'll say yeah we did like a radio drama in our last <laughs> one for the last i think we minutes. should i think you should insert 10 seconds of that radio drama right here yeah well what i was gonna do is this so and we're back i don't want to spoil what we just what just happened we, we're we're having a little fun and then we yeah. stopped having fun and then I remembered I still wanted to have a little fun. Um, something came to me while we were breaking before this episode. So basically the setup was Dan Aykroyd on an old-timey phone uh, trying to connect to uh, different people that, that Dan Aykroyd might call. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the operator. And uh, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and, and Jake's always the person uh, who who is being called. So here here's one. I didn't warn anybody about this, but it's going to happen, so just roll with it. Uh, here's Dan Aykroyd. In 2019, giving Ernie Hudson a phone call. And here we go. (laughs) Operator. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, Dan Aykroyd out here in uh, Los Angeles, California. And I'm trying to get a hold of a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Ernie Hudson. Okay, Mr. Ernie Hudson. uh, Here we go. Let me patch you through. All right. Thank you, Toots. Beep, beep, beep. Hello. Hey, Ernie, it's Dan. Oh, it's Dan again. How are you doing, Dan? Uh, listen, I, I I know it's late and mm-hmm. I know you're probably asleep. You got a lot going on doing your yep. cameo videos and your Grace and Frankie. But listen here, <laughs> I had a thought and I wanted to run it by you. OK, what you got? Wouldn't Eddie Murphy have been just a great <laughs> Ghostbuster? I mean, Jesus the guy. Dang. Is, Always with the Eddie Murphy. Dan, is, you've already, I don't need you hey, calling no, me in my a, house. I'm watching reruns of Oz. I don't need you telling me how great. Oz. I'll tell you what it would take me to over to Rainbow to Oz is maybe watching Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and 3 and then putting <laughs> Eddie Murphy right there in the Ghostbusters. I love this game. I do too. What, do you, what is I'm this? I'm going to put some Blues Brothers on to like enhance this, but now I'm gonna, <laughs> You're playing an ad. Playing a YouTube- <laughs> oh, damn it. All right. All right, is this helping? I think it and is helping. Scene. Cool. <laughs> All right, this was a phone call from Dr. Dan Aykroyd, and we might have another one later if I have my way. 
Thanks right. for calling. All right, that's it. Cool. So we got a lot to cover tonight. We've got to talk about it chapter. Thank you for playing, guys. You're, you're uh, we have to talk about it. Sorry, I have to close the window out. Just give me a second. Well, who's that other guy in the Blues Brothers? Dan Aykroyd. I don't. I have no idea. Oh, John Goodman. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot to cover, and uh, uh, and uh, we've got a fuck budget coming up. Uh, but oh, those are fun. Those are fun. Yeah. But seriously, if you want to get on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash yes, have some. It's $5 down and $5 a month. And you get access to our complete backlog of shows. And we do have a lot of fun. And thank you to all of our patrons and all of our supporters. We very much appreciate uh, that financial contribution because it helps us pay the bills. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you. We do. And also another shout out. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week, but... Um, I did want to let everyone know we did put up a full, I don't know if I talked about it last week, but I'll talk about it again, review of uh, the new Proton Pack that I got from Mike Nelson at Carnivorous Creations. Please go check out Carnivorous Creations. That's Carnivorous with a K. Proton Pack parts. He's doing slime blowers. Fully built Proton Pack commissions, just like the one I got. He's only doing those for the rest of this year, and then he's going to close up shop on the fully built commissions. So if you've always wanted a Proton Pack, Instagram, Facebook, Carnivorous Creations, or CarnivorousCreations.com. I don't want to spoil anything, but he's got some really cool Ninja Turtle stuff coming up in the next year. And also really, um, we, we had this long discussion about people buy props, but they're sometimes hard to display. So he's doing these really cool custom prop displays that he's going to be rolling out in the next couple months. So uh, I just wanted to give him a plug because... He does amazing work. Mm-hmm. We've known him for a long time. He's a great guy. We hung out at Ghostbusters Fan Fest. And, uh, yep, that's what I have to say about that. Yep. I love my Proton Pack. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It's it's one of the best I've seen. It's yeah. beautiful. It's very good. It, I instantly was jealous. And instantly, when you opened that thing, I was like, I hate my Proton Pack. <laughs> yeah, you, like, sold it immediately. I got rid of it immediately. It's gone. It's gone. I sold it. But we're working it's on fucking a new gone. Project. I got it out of my house. Yeah. But we're working on something new, right? Yeah, you had yeah. one last day with it. I don't know. I guess it's something we won't talk about, but we we're got something happening. Oh, yeah. We got something happening. Did you kiss your Proton back goodbye, uh, Pack no, goodbye? No, I said, I said, fuck you. Get oh, the fuck out man. of my house. It was a oh. bad breakup. You That's... subpar. Yeah, goodbye, fuck. peanut I, butter cap. Cuts, hey, cut, like hard cut to me just crying <laughs> in the post office. Just 2 a.m. sending drunk texts. <laughs> Dude, just on a boat with Bill Paxton. I'm like about messaging, how- I'm messaging the guy on eBay that bought it saying, please tell it I love it. Dude, hey, he'll never take well, care well, of it wait, as well as me. Should, should I read that? Uh, should we talk about that email message I got, though, from eBay? So- Here's there's a chance that person's listening, which would make it even better. I hope they are. So tell the whole story. story. You list that you list your proton pack. I put my proton pack on eBay. Let me me see if I can pull up this message really quick. I I put it on eBay um, and I I put in the list, you know, like screen accurate um, proton pack, uh, whatever, whatever I put it, light sound, whatever. And and uh, it it was only up for a day. It, It sold pretty quickly. Um, which I was happy with, but, um, I got a couple messages from people that were like, you know, do you have a video of it working? Um, somebody asked me who built the pack and I was like, how clay? And, um, I was hoping that they would be like, oh, I know him. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what everybody says. But I did get a really fun message from somebody. Okay. Well, we won't reveal their username, but we'll, uh, huh? 
Okay, fine. Um, I did get a- <laughs> Jake's like, I have a social security number, home phone number. <laughs> I got a message, a very fun message from somebody that uh, I'm, I will now read out loud in full. Oh, cool. Cool. Can you do it this- in kind of an old-timey voice? Will you call Stop an it. operator first? Stop it. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Yeah, yep. yeah. This pack is not screen accurate as your clippered valve on the pack is going up and down and is the wrong way. Just thought I'd point that out to you. Other than that, it's an okay build. Good luck to you. Is this the buyer? No, no, this is just some random fucking person sent me this message. The the person who actually bought this pack was very nice. We had a good back and forth. Uh, This person is just some random guy. Who's inserting Um, himself in your life. I replied to the person and said, good for you. (laughs) Which which I guess really annoyed that person. And (laughs) they proceeded to like send me fucking weird messages Calling me names, telling me that uh, I'm trying to scam people, and oh, I'm just like, God. okay, cool. Wait, and then, so you're and telling then me someone in the Ghostbusters community is not happy. God, it was <laughs> amazing. They, they, the told, they were like, they were like, this is not never gonna sell, and like immediately somebody bought it. Here's the thing. That's a. I think that was a great pack. Yeah. Like it's not like you were like, like. Here's the thing. I mean, I, I know it's not like 100% perfectly screen accurate, but it is a screen accurate proton pack. It's definitely I put a it screen up, accurate proton I put it up pack. for a very reasonable price. I know that it's not a $2,000 brand new. I know what they go for. I, I've been in the fucking Ghostbusters community for a very long time. This is not the first pack I've owned or bought. I know what they go for. I know what's wrong with the pack. Uh, and I and I priced it accordingly. Yeah. So fuck this person. Mm-hmm. And also like the clippered being screwed on uh, vertically versus horizontally. A is something somebody could easily fix. And B, that's not like that's just. See, who the fuck cares? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just not. Yeah, uh, it's minutia. It's just not something that you need to like yeah. drag somebody down for. But yeah, I'm assuming that person is probably unhappy and that's why they did that. So I'm glad you sold it, Jake. And yeah. I'm happy. Somebody and else also it. real talk. Jake, I'm sorry I sent you those messages. <laughs> I just, I, oh, I, I saw the sideways clipper. Valve. I just, I had to say something. Killing couldn't. you. You've been fuck. wanting to say something about that clipper valve for the last five years. No, but I meant to. God, I'm so upset. I was I know, supposed you to, meant to take them. I was supposed to steal <laughs> your you. clipper valves to replace them with you. mine. I told you to take them. I did take your, uh, your. Uh, Whatever it's the called, the bumper. The, the, bumper. the not the bumper, not my bumper, the uh, the yeah, the bellows, shock, shock bellows, shock thing, mount. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I like how the names for all those parts have been made up by people, and there's like not really. A, <laughs> I oh my god, dispute my you- dream is that in the new movie they rename some like the ion arm. They call it like the the tisker biscuit the or Jillian something. Holtzman. They give it an actual the name just to fuck yeah. with. They're like, oh, there's some there's something wrong with your tisker biscuit here. Um, it's pointing the wrong way. Yeah, because the, all the parts are fan named, and yeah, it's pretty exactly. cool. That's yeah, actually yeah, very yeah. cool. Well, good, Jake. I'm glad you sold your pack, and your Jake's customer service interactions are always my favorite. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I I don't know why people they they send you met like I mean between that and the guy in Florida with the 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 rotting uh, 
Jurassic oh. Park figures. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think we ever mentioned that on the show. Mm. Yeah, we did. But did we mention? Yeah, but we didn't mention that he listened to that episode and then sent us a giant email, did we? Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned that. That's cool. He was. I love getting uh, feedback. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. We should have replied to him and said, hey, man, just go leave a five star review on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm surprised he didn't go to iTunes and leave a. Never mind. Not putting any ideas in anybody's head. Hey, by the way, by the way, local, if yeah. um if you're a listener of the podcast and you're a subscriber and you're a fan of what we do, head over to iTunes and leave a five star review. Oh, good good segue. I like yeah. that. That would help us like a lot. That. Yeah. You can say whatever you want as long as it's five stars. We don't care about mm-hmm. the words. We care about the stars. True. You can be like, these are five star assholes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Someone's five. gonna leave that. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's it's a better t-shirt. than four stars. It is. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, another thank you uh, to the Instagram account, Instagram account at Ninja Toitles. That's N I N J A T O I T L E S. Ninja Toitles. Oh, I'm gonna get those Toitles. I love that. Great Instagram account. Amazing. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Why are you scared? Okay. Uh, it's a great account. They have amazing. Ninja Turtles content on a daily basis. They put out pins, stickers, all sorts of stuff. They sent us an amazing care package full of Ninja Turtles pins. Yeah. Uh, Pogs. Yeah. Um, the other night, Craig was like, Abby, what's your favorite Ninja Turtle? And I had to think critically very hard, and I went with Michelangelo, and I think I made a really good decision. Yeah, because you got some mm-hmm. Michelangelo stuff. I got stuff. some Michelangelo yeah. pins. Uh, Jake, I didn't even need to ask. I know Raphael is your favorite. And he I wonder is. sometimes what Raphael would do with an eBay message like that. I don't think he'd, he'd react probably well. murder the guy. <laughs> I think Raphael would hunt him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Master Splitter. Um, okay, so thank you so and like, much. Wait, wait. W- wouldn't that be funny? Like, now yeah. I want to see that because it would... I could I could definitely picture Raphael getting that uh getting that eBay message and then it just panning over and it's Michelangelo. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey Mikey, could you crunch a little louder? I could still hear out of this one. Um <laughs> Thank you so much to uh them or him, whoever runs the account. Mm-hmm. I think he told me his name and I don't want to publicly out him, but at Ninja Toidles, it's a great what they call a great social media follow. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Quality content. Quality content. Amazing pins. And uh, I love the foil stickers and the pogs. Um, Very cool stuff. So thank you to them. And uh, I don't know, guys. I think we need to get on this fuck budget because we've got a lot to cover. What do you say? Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck. Do it. I don't give a fuck. We'll do it live. Yes, have some fuck budget. It is a segment we've been doing for a very long time. Seems to be a fan favorite where we allocate. 10 fuck bucks each. Abby and Jake have to spend their 10 fucks on one of five topics that we will run through. They cannot overspend. They only have got 10 and they have to spend their fuck bucks wisely. I'm excited. We got some good stuff this week. Are you two ready? Yes. Yes. 10 fucks. First up, it was recently announced and revealed that this weekend they will have a, for the first time ever, Jurassic World short film called Battle at Big Rock. It is a eight-minute short film feature that will be shown on FX, takes place after the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and it was directed by Colin Trevorrow. 
This news hit me like a ton of bricks because this is the kind of stuff I wish more movies would do. I personally think this is very cool. When it comes to Jurassic World, what's it called? Fallen, Falling Rock? Battle at Big Rock. Oh, thank you. Battle at Big Rock. <laughs> falling Rock. <laughs> it's just rocks falling on dinosaurs. <laughs> when it comes to Battle at Big Rock, the new short film, Abigail Gardner. Yeah. How many fucks do you give? I had to give this one fuck. One uh, fuck? I know. Uh, and it's the one automatic fuck, which I drew a little asterisk at the bottom here. Automatic fucks are categories uh, that include but are not limited to Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, and Stephen King. They always get one fuck. So I had to give a fuck to this. I, do people not like Star Wars anymore? No, I do. But Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, and Stephen King are the top three. Star Wars is like probably a very close fourth right there behind it. So, one fuck, because it's only an eight-minute special. It's on FX. It's not an actual movie. And I do have reasoning behind this. Also, the fact that it's not long, but the fact that it involves characters that are unrelated to the movies. It takes place a year after Fallen Kingdom. Um, I like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World because of characters. So, the fact that it's a new cast that I'm not familiar with, I might, I feel like I care less. So, um... And I'm assuming they're all going to be eaten by the end of it. And I don't know how it's going to affect the next movie or if it's how important it's going to be. I am excited and I am here for the uh, animatronic dinosaurs that they mentioned that they're going to have. I think that's very cool. But yeah, because there's other subjects in this fuck budget that I care about. I could only give this one fuck. Jake. Um, I, I think I might have forgotten to a lot of fuck on one of these. Mm. Oh, yeah. somebody's got to redo his math. Well, <clears throat> real quick, um, before you, if you need to look at it for a second, I, I, there is an official uh, description I did not read. Um, Jake's got to look at his money. It's about a family on a camping trip to Big Rock National Park, 20 miles from where the last film ended. There's been a few sightings, but this is the first major confrontation between dinosaurs and humans. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds okay, like it's I'm not going to go well. <laughs> I did have to change my stuff around a little bit. I'm good. Uh, good. Hey, I gave this four fucks. Wow. And I and I originally only gave it two because they they did post like I saw the poster first and I saw it um I saw it on Instagram maybe uh, a few days ago and I didn't even look at it because I. I just thought it was like I didn't read the caption and I thought it was a fan made thing. I was like, mm-hmm. whatever. But then I saw, you know, you, you guys put it in the fuck budget and I was like, oh, OK, this is real. And then I read the description and just Jurassic Park is one of those, um, especially after what happened in the last film. I feel like it is kind of important to uh, to let on to what is happening all over the like when there's when the dinosaurs are now just out. That's a big that's a big story that you probably can't tell in one movie. You know, there's just like there's a lot of other things that must be happening. And uh, to me, it feels like when you got an eight minute thing, it, it feels like it could be, you know, how each Jurassic Park film has kind of had that that one thing off the in the very beginning of the movie that is like, you know, in the first movie, uh, the guy gets eaten by the Velociraptor part two. It's the girl on the island with the kids. Mm-hmm. Part three, um, you know, they they. Trevor Morgan, Trevor Morgan uh, gets trapped on the island. It feels like it's it's like a standalone one of those. And that I think is cool. I don't care about who the characters are. I just think it's cool that we're going to see how normal everyday people are going to have to 
interact with dinosaurs. They said that the Allosaurus is a completely animatronic dinosaur, which is great because that's something we've gotten not as much of in uh, the Jurassic World series. So that's cool to me. It's cool that it's the the directors doing it. You know, it's not just like, hey, put this out for the movie. Like, it's a fully official Jurassic Park, Jurassic World short film. And that, to me, is amazing. Any kind of Jurassic World content, especially something different like this, is fun. And I'm super looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think that I... I kind of along the same line, Jake. At first, I was kind of like, eh, it kind of sounds lame. But then you're like, oh, Colin Trevorrow directed it. There's big dinosaurs in it. Like, it's the kind of thing if done wrong could just be kind of cheesy and forgettable. Right. Um, or something that they show at the beginning of a ride at a theme park kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this will set a precedent and, like, they'll do more stuff like this. Because honestly, listen. the need, new- like, a missing link. Do- what, Zelda? No, I was thinking of, like, dinosaur fossils. here's the thing Jurassic World the new one does not come out till 2021 that's a long time Mm -hmm. maybe they'll do a couple of these to kind of fill in the gaps because I have a feeling that the next movie is going to be maybe five or six years in the future so this could like I don't know fill us in on what's going on and also the thought of going camping with your family and going up against the Allosaurus that's fun. Yeah. I like the yeah. thought of, yes, have some going camping and coming up against an Allosaurus. There's signs that are like, don't feed the Velociraptors. <laughs> and Jake is gone. Fuck that sign. He's gotten married. Jake takes the sign. <laughs> I don't know if you guys like know anything about me and signs, but fuck those signs. <laughs> I hate signs. Um, I love the movie signs. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, me Ooh, too. I'm excited speaking about of, this one. Speaking of the movie signs. Yeah. Speaking of. I hear that train a coming. Oh, hey, walk the line. Like, do you guys like that movie? Yes. No. no what? I mean, no. My mom sucks. watched that movie like once a week for a solid year of my life, and I just am over it. Oh. It's not my thing. Johnny Cash has never been my thing. Like troubled, struggling alcoholic musicians Abusive. are not my thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just not my thing. Fuck him, man. You can't walk the line, Johnny. No, I like, oh, uh, what's the fucking, uh, the spoof one of it? Uh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. one's funny. Okay. You know what? What? Dewey Sorry. Cox? Walks, walk hard or walk okay. something. Walk I hear that train coming. Yeah, that. <laughs> okay. There's a new trailer for Joker. Todd Phillips is directing uh, a brand new standalone entry into the DC universe starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it is getting what I would say rave reviews i have read nothing but hey this movie is incredible if not controversial they're comparing it to like a scorsese type of feel it's not out yet but the second trailer was released when it comes to the new joker trailer i know that i'm about to be fighting with both of you and that's fine (laughs) that's fine Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm over okay. here, like, slowly moving away from the table and grimacing. Yeah. Should oh, we say it's it so cool time? to be I bet, I bet Jake and I have the same exact amount of fucks. Uh, I don't know. You, oh. I, I might have I might have given it one more Wait, than you. <laughs> somebody's starting to care? <laughs> no. I, I mean, who? Well, I, we can just go for it. I'll tell you why, why I gave it what I yeah, gave it. Yeah, I do want to know. I gave it zero fucks. Okay, okay. Um, I... Go ahead. You want to go do yours first. Go ahead. Uh, okay. My reasoning. Yeah. I frowned through the entire trailer. Um, 
I didn't, I felt like the aesthetic uh, was reminiscent of Heath Ledger and Christopher Nolan, all with like the chaotic, distempered white male, which I don't want to go into the whole incel thing, but I just, oh! I'm sorry. I just like the whole being neglected by the world and just going, no one gives you the respect you need. I don't really care about that storyline. I like Zazie Beats, and I almost gave her half a fuck, but I decided not to give any fucks to this because I just, I, I just don't like the feel of it. And who knows, maybe I'll be super blown away and it'll be an incredible performance and I'll love it. But right now I just, I really don't like anything I've seen from it. So zero. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I agree with you a hundred percent completely, Abby. I, I, this movie just looks, I just don't give a shit about this movie. I gave it one fuck. And the only reason I gave it one fuck is because I watched the village over the weekend which is one of my favorite movies and Joaquin mm. Phoenix is amazing in it. And he is a great actor and I like him and I, I will watch this movie and, and I, I can, I can believe that he probably gives a pretty great performance in it no matter what, because he usually does. Um, but besides that, I agree with everything you said. I don't give a fuck about the Joker. I don't care about the Joker's origins. I don't give a shit about a guy who gets beat up by kids <laughs> Turn a kid beat me up. I'm gonna be the joke. I don't fucking care. I don't care. Last, Wait, do you think that's a line Halloween. of the movie? A kid beat me I up. So. I'm gonna be the Joker now. Yeah. I'm the Joker now. Well, you know, we had Jack Nicholson. We had Heath. Le- Heath Ledger had his scars. Fucking last Joker had his tattoos. This is just a joke. This Joker smokes a lot. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. But I'm gonna go see it. Robert De Niro is in a Joker movie. Who gives a shit? Who gives oh. a shit about Robert De Niro? Yeah. Sorry, like, I call he, him Bob. No, what yeah. what great how many great movies like I don't care about Robert De Niro. Yeah. When's the last time he's done anything good? That I don't know. I guess you haven't seen Meet the Fockers. Yeah. That's not Listen, a good that's not I'm a good kidding. movie. That was really a joke. Not a good example. That's a yeah. joke. That's a joke. Listen, Batman's my favorite superhero. Joker's my favorite supervillain. I used to kind of be on that train of like, well, the Joker doesn't need a backstory. But then I was like, you know what? They always give him one. Jack Nicholson had a backstory. The Killing Joke's like the most fucking famous comic book of all time. And Joker had a backstory. So I don't care. Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor. I think it's going to be an unsettling movie. I think it's going to be disturbing. I think maybe it'll speak to some cultural things happening in our country and society today. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. But more than anything, I think it will be entertaining. And that's all I care about. You think we're all clowns? No, I don't think we're all clowns. I don't (laughs) think that just because you're being bullied, you should become a clown prince of crime. (laughs) I I get it. Clown prince of crime would have been a better name for the movie. Oh, that would be. I I would watch that. Yeah. But just based on the name alone, I'd be I'd be in a better position if that's what it was called. Yeah. Same trailer, but if that was the name, I'd be like three fucks. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Doctors do the song Prince of Crime. (laughs) Listen, I think though, like Fresh Prince of Crime. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of like because because down for either. Can I fucking talk? (laughs) I really don't want you to. So I don't think it's gonna be good. I don't want to think about it. When we went and saw It Chapter 2 and they played the new Joker trailer, mm-hmm. I was watching it with a big, dumb smile on my face, and I looked over to Abby thinking that I would get to see the same thing, and she was literally frowning. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Takes effort to frown. And I was just like, and I looked at her, and I didn't want to do this, but I, I grabbed her by no. the shoulder, and I said, 
you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> you just go into every Joker yeah. monologue from See every. The clown. I do, yeah. <laughs> um, no, for real. I think he just to... picked up a boombox and started playing Prince. I did. <laughs> clown Prince. There clown. ain't no back. <laughs> hey, Eckhart, think about the future. <laughs> uh, hey. I'm done. Nobody can find one person that knows one of Jared Leto's lines from the- <laughs> <laughs> No, dude. Like, literally, you, dude. I, all I can remember is the meticulous setup he had of, like, him with all the knives if around you, him. If we had a million dollars in a yeah. half hour to go out into the world and find somebody who knew one of Jared Leto's lines from Suicide Squad, we would not win Where's Harley? God. I, I love Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Joker. It's your J-Man. Jo- I'm, I'm the Joker. Right? Joker. But Joker. seriously, let me let me say my piece and we can move on. Uh, you're both wrong. And I think that... No, no, no. It's fine. Listen, movies are meant to be subjective, right? Like, there's no yeah. one thing for everybody. I think what I'm mostly excited about is, like, I like the idea of a well-done, maybe artistically crafted movie that takes place in the superhero universe. Because love or hate... DC or obviously Marvel's doing great stuff. There is a formula to all these movies and a lot of them kind of feel repetitive. And I think if anything, this movie will be pretty original and different. And that's what I'm excited about. And maybe it'll be great. Maybe it Mm -hmm. won't be, but I know that we'll have fun talking about it afterwards. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go see it. Like I, I am like, there is part of me that's excited to watch it no matter what, just because like the Joker is, you know, like he is a part of, I don't know, our, like our, our our entertainment lives. You know, so yeah, uh, it will be an experience no matter what. I'm I'm not like a hundred percent like counting the movie out. I just don't think the trailer was great, and I haven't seen anything other than Joaquin Phoenix that makes me really care about it. But I'm right. I'm, I'm, what I'm I, open. What I'm excited to the about though, what I'm excited about is like I haven't read any spoilers about the movie, but I'm getting a feeling that it maybe it's kind of fucked up and I kind of, it's getting close to Halloween. I kind of want to see some fucked up movies. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think you're so obsessed with the Christopher Nolan universe of Batman that you're just hoping for something that will. That's not true. I don't feel like Jake. Yeah. Do you you get a Christopher Nolan vibe from that trailer? Um, I don't want to say no, no. I think like, I definitely think they're trying to play it. A little more serious, and, and in that way, you could say Christopher Nolan. But it's more um, I think minimalistic Nolan, than Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Christopher Nolan had a pretty specific. Like, I, I don't think this Joker, and I mean, like, and I'm not saying Joker is in the movie. I mean, the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's character, the Joker, does not remind me of of uh, Heath Ledger's the Joker, which is uh, you know a good thing. Mm. Cool, cool, man. We ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters is coming back to theaters. <laughs> <laughs> For the 35th anniversary, two nights only, Ghostbusters will be in theaters this October. It says it includes never-before-seen alternate takes. Which I, is the stuff we saw at FanFest. I, I believe it will be the stuff we saw at FanFest, but would be cool to see again on the big screen. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Ghostbusters returning to theaters again, mm-hmm. they do this every year. Yeah. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Jake, how many fucks do you give? Yeah, this is the one that I forgot to give fucks to, and I could not go through not giving it any fucks because that would be 
awful of me, but I did only give it one because while it is great always to have one of your top three favorite movies of all time going into the theater, like you just said, I feel like I've seen Ghostbusters in the theater a hundred times in my life. Mm -hmm. It is in the theater a lot. And that's a good thing. So I'm not like annoyed or upset about that. I just don't have in this group of fucks. I don't have more to give it because it's not a rare thing. Understood and respected me. I gave it two fucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Reason being I uh, automatic fuck given to Ghostbusters. I mentioned that earlier. I like um, seeing Ghostbusters in the movie theater. I think I've really only seen it on an actual big screen with like nice recliner seats only once, maybe twice. Um, what? What about a uh, Wizard World? Yeah, 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 it doesn't count. So that the fact that I want to see it with my friends sitting down, and the fact that my computer's making noises. The fact is, I looked it up. It's showing October sixth and tenth at Atlantic Station, which is a theater that's near us. And October 10th, Jake, you might be uh, in town that weekend because we have some plans. So I'm thinking oh. it would be a great team building exercise Do if I? we all go and see it. Yeah, October 12th, we're doing something. Oh, so. 10th. That's a Thursday. Oh. Well, you know what? Maybe we won't make our plans Maybe on the Hey, air. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll take another day out. Fuck it. Dude, that's what I was thinking. I'm going <laughs> to take an extra day off work. We'll fucking go see Cuts. I think it would be valuable. For yeah, what we'll we're go. Gonna we'll get a couple of Canada drives, maybe some seven Exactly. Up. We may dinner, have a friend in town. Dinner. Who knows? It's going to be good. Yeah. <clears throat> Better Why are we talking about that like it's a secret? We could talk about it, we right? We could probably talk about that. Well, we'll, we'll save it for next week. We yeah. Save it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got a lot. Um, all right. Anything else? Nah. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Cool. What about Dan Aykroyd calling the theater to make sure that it's plagued? I love that. I think we should do a series of you calling theaters to see if it's up to snuff. <laughs> if they've got everything that you need. Uh, we had a couple problems at the screening uh, for the uh, fan fest. You know, it was real loud and uh, wasn't really an HD copy and that uh, class 10 tickets didn't know where to sit. But that's OK. I want Dan Aykroyd behind the concession stand explaining to people like what they're asking if when the popcorn's going to come out and he's just making promises. <laughs> We're working on the script right now. Guys, I learned something this week. I'm looking at my Kenner Ghostbusters firehouse and the bricks on the front are painted like purple. I did not realize yeah. there's two versions of the firehouse. At some point they stopped painting the bricks purple uh for like cost reasons so mine oh. must be an earlier uh holy shit an earlier one ah spared I no expense jake holy don't shit. if it, if it's not painted i'm gonna feel bad <laughs> <laughs> give, give me yours <laughs> give me you owe it to me <laughs> <laughs> that's mine <laughs> that's mine you didn't, even, you didn't even know about the bricks <laughs> <laughs> all right next up yeah. There is a brand new trailer for Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, mm-hmm. or as Abby calls, the best book that Stephen King's the ever written. Up, up oh, God. Um, no, no, no. So Dr. Sleep is coming out starring Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. It's currently being used as our mic stand as we're recording this right now. Ewan McGregor <laughs> is holding our microphone. <laughs> I would hold his hey, microphone. You know what? Your microphone has the high ground. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> I was supposed is that to say what you're that. Say? Yes. I didn't even know what yes. You, I'm what so, dude. I Craig joke steals are classic. Golfing. I'm glad to be a part of one. Did you just do golf? <laughs> what are you doing? 
Princess Bride? I don't know what you guys are yes. quoting. Yes, Ewan McGregor in his famous Star Wars golfing scene in <laughs> The Princess Bride. Sorry. Abby goes, Abby goes, what are you guys talking about? And I I did a lightsaber motion. It looks like oh. he's doing a golf swing. You need to get better at lightsaber maneuvers. You were supposed to give me a nine iron, not an eight iron. <laughs> Oh, shit, oh. dude, man. I had a good round of shit. golf. Dude, honestly, like, I had three birdies, and I'd say my midi-chlorians were on fire. God. Okay, dude. listen. Um, Dr. Sleep, second trailer. Now, what's interesting, before we get into this, what's interesting about this movie, I don't know if this has ever happened before, it is a sequel to the book of The Shining, and it's also mm-hmm. a sequel to the movie The Shining. Yeah. About a year and a half ago, we had a discussion where Jake, you were like, I have no idea how that would be possible. They're going to have to go I, one I way or the other. I still don't. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I still was, don't know how. So, I mean, to be completely honest, I read an article yesterday. Don't spoil with, this. It, well, yeah, dude. I will, I'm, Can I'm not, we say that Jake hasn't watched the trailer? And that's I don't know, but hold on, hold on. I will say this. There are, we're not going to reveal what is in the trailer, but there are things in the trailer that are clearly related to the movie. And Mike Flanagan, who is the director of this movie, was asked about that. And he said he is such a fan of the Stephen King book and such a fan of Stanley Kubrick's version that the only way he would do this project is if he got permission from Stephen King himself to include elements from the movie. Stephen King famously does not like the movie, Mm -hmm. but to Mike Flanagan's surprise, he said Stephen King was like, hell yeah, go for it. You know why? Because Stephen King is all about that money. Because Stephen King says yes to everything. Yes. Yeah, dude. Um, So, having said that, Jake. Yeah. I don't think you watched the trailer, did you? No. But you're going to still allocate some fucks to it? Respect. I still gave it some fucks. I wrote a non-spoiler. Here's the thing. The movie's coming out soon. We're in that little, that, if you can avoid it, why not, right? Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. Like, I saw the first trailer, and I had a very weird gut reaction to the first trailer. Half of me was like, whoa, this is, looks like the best thing I've ever seen. Like, being a Stephen King fan, I love both the book of The Shining, and I also love the movie. They are very—we've talked about it a hundred times. They are very, very different. Um, but I really liked— uh, Dr. Sleep and I really like The Shining and I was excited to see uh, Mike Flanagan who has done uh, you know Gerald's Game which is a pretty fateful adaptation of another uh, uh, really great Stephen King book that I love and um, I was excited and then when I saw that first trailer I was like oh wait this has so much stuff from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining I got very confused about what they were doing you went to what therapy. they were going to be cha- yeah. yeah I really like I, I I hated it and I loved it at the same time and uh, <clears throat> I've like I've definitely watched I've gone back the Doctor Sleep trailer I feel like is one of those trailers that probably more often than other trailers in the past I have gone back almost on a you know, on Hourly a basis, basis, I've gone back and been like, I'm going to watch this trailer again and see how I feel. And I've definitely cooled on the fact that there's a lot of shit from the, the, the movie. Like it's not, it doesn't bother me. I'm just kind of confused as to where it's going. And there are a few elements of Dr. Sleep that I can't talk about since Abby is reading it. Yeah. Um, that are some of the, the coolest things in the book that I'm like, oh, okay. But if you go with, 
if you go with the Kubrick version, those things either can exist or going to have to be very different. And I, I do believe that, um, Flanagan, like what you were just saying, the article you read definitely makes me feel good about it. And I do know that Flanagan is a big fan, um, because I've, I've kind of been reading about him talking about Stephen King for a long time. Gerald's game is such a weird and really like the subject matter is very heavy and it would take a true Stephen King fan to want to turn that into a film. And I, and I think he did it very successfully. So Mm. I, I trust him. I am very excited that this movie is happening. I gave it two fucks, but I'm not watching this trailer because I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to see any more from what could be. I just don't want to know what's in there. Yeah. I hear you. I gave this seven fucks. Because that's all the fucks I have left. That's a lot um, of fucks. Dude, I know. It's because I'm so up its ass right now. I'm yeah, so I hear you. Book. That's, hey, that's real quick, exciting. Without any spoilers, Abby. Yeah. That trailer. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I've watched it <laughs> five all, times. Jake, I didn't realize you've seen the first trailer. I thought that you were pure and that you like mm-hmm. had totally avoided this. I did see the first trailer. I think we might have talked about it on the show yeah, because I, I had so. a pretty I think I was like kind of upset about it. Yeah. The, I on think the that first was a, day on the first day I had a little tantrum about it. And yeah. I think we probably talked about it. But, I think so. Uh, and I think that's what made me want to start reading the book. So yeah, yeah, now that I'm in it, I wish I could give this trailer doll like all ten fucks because mm-hmm. it's um yeah, like I said, I'm into uh I'm the third act of the book, so it's like really ramping up without any spoilers about the trailer out of respect to you. Uh Jake, I will say that I already have a crush on Dan Torrance in the book and I already yeah. also have a crush on you and McGregor. So, I'm like totally my anticipation level You should see him in a golf outfit. Wait. <laughs> Don't even tempt me. Um but yeah, Very so cool. my my investment level for this movie is just like up there, up there, up there. Cool. Uh I'm excited about yeah, it. That that makes people. me more excited about it. I'm glad. Yeah, uh, exactly. I won't I guess I can probably say like a, uh, I probably can't no, actually. Still, I really still. can't. I just relate to Dan Torrance and I like him. I like everything that I'm seeing in this trailer and I'm really enjoying the book and that's all I can say. My favorite part of the trailer is when Shelley Duvall is just running around like <laughs> like modern day Shelley Duvall. God, that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last thing on the fuck budget is Pennywise. Hot toys. I always got to include a collectible or a toy in the fuck budget. It's a big part of our life. Um, Hot toys not really known for like their like horror icons or things like that. I'm not even sure they've ever done one. I don't think they have. It's, it's been mainly, you know, star Wars and Marvel universe kind of stuff. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but it looks great. Comes with a ton of accessories. And I know we're about to talk about it. Chapter two, but this might give away some of my feelings. I kind of want this. Mm. Abigail Gardner. Yeah. How many fucks? Well, you all heard me. Um, I gave away all my fucks in the last category, so I have zero fucks to give. Sorry, Penny. Um, it's a very cool figure. I love the size, and I like the sewer grate. I think it looks very cool. Um, but I know how pricey Hot Toys can be, so I'm feeling like we may not own this. Therefore, I have no fucks to give to it. Um, but I did like reading about it, and I like that it said that he has sophisticated tailoring, which I think he does <laughs> He's well dressed. He does. Um, he's got to be. He's got to look his best. He's got to. He's got. Look at that suit. The pictures are really <laughs> great. It's very. It's a cool figure. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I have left is zero. So Jake, what do you got? 
Um, I gave it two fucks. Um, I actually had this at three before I realized that I didn't give Ghostbusters any fucks. Um, mm. Hot toys are, are one of those things where there was a point in my life where I was like, I am going to start collecting the Star Wars hot toys. I was there. Because they, <laughs> they look amazing. Did you ever have any of them? I've never had the only hot toy I've ever had was I had the Marty McFly briefly and I sold it. Oh, we got God, stories that, about and that. And that was beautiful. I forgot that you bought that, but that was a beautiful figure. Um, it's hard for me to toy. own a $250 action figure. Yeah. It's hard for me. Yeah, I get it. Um, it's I always like, sell um, me. Uh, I, I've never owned any of them. I've always wanted to start the Star Wars ones and it just never, I just never got into it. Um, <clears throat> I, so I guess since we're getting close to the, I would have, Maybe if it chapter two hadn't come out yet, I would have maybe given it one fuck. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've been kind of going through. The, I liked the first. I liked it chapter one. I liked it, even though there are some things that I can admit aren't the best about. It. And I mean, like, that's a lot of movies, but there are things there, especially with like my uh, my love for the book. And sometimes it's very hard for me to separate a book from a movie. And I will, you know, like, I mean, we were just talking about it, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, well, it's not, that's not how they, why did they change? It was so good in the book. Why they changed that? I have a, I have an issue with that sometimes, but I, overall, I think I really loved it. Chapter one, but after seeing chapter two, I think I'm a little more, even I already own a bunch of fucking it chapter one shit, mm-hmm. but it's like, there are certain things where I'm like, well, I like it, but I don't think I like, I don't think I hot toys like it, but, uh, I think I hot toys like it. I, like I think that I term. hot toys like it. And I think I would buy this. And especially it makes me uh, th- something that I immediately got excited about was like, Oh, maybe if enough people buy hot toys, Pennywise, they'll make a, a hot toys, classic Pennywise, oh. because like that would just look amazing. Like these figures are they're like top tier quality. Like, yeah, they're like 200, 250 bucks. But first of all, it comes with a million accessories. It's the, it, it's just the most spot on figure you'll ever see. Like that's what hot toys is known for. That's what they're good at. Like it is a very amazing looking toy that will pose in any, you know, of them, like looking through all the pictures, I was like, well, this is the best, this is the best looking thing that's come out of, of, a, of it so far, as far as like a product, it, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, let's just jump right into our review. So we need to talk about it chapter two. Before we do that, let's um let's talk about yes, have some podcasts for a second and all the places you can find us. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, let's say you're a first time listener, okay? Let's say you've never heard us before. Someone was like, Hey, do you like Ghostbusters? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like complaining about things? And and like loving things and sometimes you love about the things you can play sometimes you can play about the things you love that's where you found yes have some podcast and you're on spotify you're on itunes you're on youtube wherever you are if you're enjoying this we want you to subscribe hit the subscribe button wherever you are that way it comes to you automatically and we would very much appreciate it because we love you we love growing this community jake real talk for a second yeah how awesome has it been to grow Yes Have Some into what it is now. Because I was looking at our Facebook group, the official Facebook yeah. group for Yes Have Some, Yes Have Some Group Therapy, <clears throat> closing on a 700 members. 
That's pretty yeah, amazing. That's right? a lot. It's been, you know, one of the, it's just one of the coolest things ever because it's like, especially when, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how all three of us have always had this weird anxiety and we've talked about the Ghostbusters community and how everybody thinks we hate each other. And, uh, and, and it's just weird and hard to, to get into a group of friends and all that and, and doing group therapy and having, yes, have some and having people that will just come up to you and, and be like, Hey, I listened to the show or they just want to post something in group therapy and talk about something that you also love. And you might not know who any of these people are. And now like, I have a lot of really good friends that I talk to every single day that I met because of yes, have some podcasts. So I, yeah. I'm excited to have it out there and Mm-hmm. Group therapy is great. It sucks yeah. that today's our last episode. Yeah, but, <laughs> it's been really fun, guys. Uh, like, no, it's, it's been amazing. And like, we, we, I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this, but like starting this podcast with, with you guys and growing it to where we are now and looking towards the future, it's the most fun. It's the most creatively satisfying. And also it's the hardest I've ever worked at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never put more work into anything. Same, yeah. Yeah. Than this. And and it's great. I never will. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 I I hope Could not. Could you imagine if it's like if like if for some reason this like we got canceled? Okay. Let's say Who would cancel us? Uh Kurt Fuller and Rob Lowe. Oh my god. <laughs> They would buy us and exploit us uh-huh. and make us do ads for Noah's Arcade. Yeah, but we'd get $5,000. Imagine for some reason it, it just it erased and we had to start over. I don't think I could do it because we've worked so hard. Yeah, I'm so, literally um, a different person because of it. So Big thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening. We have big plans for this podcast, so stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us on all of our social media accounts at YHS Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash yes, have some cast. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned the official Facebook group. Abby's going to tell you how to find it oh, right now. It's so easy. All you have to do is log into Facebook and search for yes, have some podcast. You'll find our page, like it first of all, because then you can see our content. Um, and then keep scrolling and you'll see group therapy pop up as an option. Click that and ask to join the group. We have over 600, well over 600 members at this point, and it's always growing. And we're always looking for cool new members who will also post quality content. So come on in and join us if you want to talk about stuff you heard on the show, things you're wanting to buy, movies that you're stressed about seeing, books you want to read or can't finish. Craig can talk to you about that. So come on in and join up. Yeah. And also had a little idea uh, a couple weeks ago and I don't know, we're tossing it around. I've been tossing it around in my head. I would really like to organize a big group viewing on opening night of the rise of Skywalker in Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know the logistics. I know we've got a lot of listeners in Atlanta, in Georgia, around the area, but maybe that's something we could put together. I think it would be, so much fun mm-hmm. to get just a big group. Do YHS? We'll go get a big dinner. Yeah, separate checks. Mm-hmm. Go to Chinese Buddha. <laughs> we'll let yeah. the, we'll let the mellow mushroom know we're coming. Oh God! Just like PKE search. PKE search mm-hmm. halfway point. Um, Perfect. But thank you. Seriously, that was kind of one of those like from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We're having a ton of fun. Yeah. Cool. Now yeah. let's talk about it. Chapter two. The sequel to it. Chapter one. Yeah. All right. Full disclosure, this is our second time actually talking about it because we talked at 2 a.m. almost the night that we got out 
Yeah, we, we all saw it. We had kind of a, a a little mini group therapy telephone conversation at two in the morning. Um, let's just roundtable it real quick. Initial thoughts. Jake, you are the one who brought Stephen King into Abigail's life. Yeah. And you were the one who brought so much more into my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jake, okay. I'm not going to ask you to rank it one to ten. But okay. I am going to ask you what your uh, what your your gut your guttural is that a thing? Uh, yeah, guttural is a word. Yeah, tight. What'd you think? Guttural yelp. I I thought this movie was pretty great. Um, I I went and saw this with a group of about six people with my coworkers, and none of them who have read the book. And I found myself, and I, I talked about this with some other people, but. Um, I found myself like almost crying multiple times at kind of random things because they were like, I think people who hadn't read the book wouldn't even blink an eye at, but I was like, Oh, this scene captures this in the book to me or, or they put this weird little detail. I thought that I thought the second half, it was closer. It was more accurate to the book. It was also not very accurate in some ways, but that brought me a lot of joy and I really liked it. And there was a lot of good, a lot of the touching stuff that's in the end of this novel is, was there. And, uh, I was kind of surprised to see as many, there were, there were a few things in it chapter one that I went into. I'm trying to not give a full review here because I know we want, uh, there were a few things in it chapter one that I went into being like, Oh, I hope they do this. And then they didn't do it. And I feel like as many of those things that I hoped for, and they didn't do in chapter one, they did do in chapter two. And it, and it made me overall very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would say overall, I felt very, very pleased with the feel of the film. Um, I didn't mind the length of it. I didn't feel like it needed to be diced down. Um, I think that from the very beginning, it, it the tone is set and I think it's a little bit darker. I don't, I didn't, I never go, I get annoyed at people who say that the movie's not scary or that it, that it isn't scary um, because it's not really, for, that's not the thing. That Those really, are the kind of people that want to watch The Conjuring and, yeah. if, and yeah, it's like, you're right. what, what are you going to yeah. do? Because the do? shit that I love in it is the Losers Club and the bond of friendship and um, that stuff is definitely reflected and uh, throughout the It Chapter 2 movie, I think that it had some incredible visuals and I think that although it veered away from the, um, the book, um, in major plot points, I was satisfied with it overall, even the conclusion of the movie. Um, and I kind of liked some of the different takes, honestly, which I don't want to spoil things, but... Um, oh, no, this is full spoiler. We're, oh, we're going full, to spoil oh, we, we are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Cool. It's yeah, I mean, I was just... I love Bill Hader and Richie Tozier. Whoa, okay. don't spoil Bill Hader. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. <laughs> I just... I love... Um, I love Richie, and I thought that Richie and Eddie were just really well represented in the movie. Um, and I... I enjoyed it. Um, it was it was a kind of a hard movie to watch. The beginning scene. I know there's been some controversy and flack being thrown at the Be- film for depicting. A Before we get into the meat of it, I just want to say I loved this movie. I have not read the book. I really liked the first it. I cooled on off it. I cooled off on it over time. I think that the kids are great. Um, Here's kind of a hot take, and it kind of goes 
flies in the face of what we were just saying about the hot toys. I kind of think Pennywise's design's not great in this movie, in this series. Like, it's fine and it works and it's iconic now, but I think a more traditional looking clown, like the Tim Curry style, would have been cooler in my opinion. I like the look of Pennywise, the Victorian ruffles and all that shit. I like the ruffles. I think it's like the the sting crow makeup that kind of gets to me just a little bit. But that's fine. That's a nitpick. Mm-hmm. I you know something uh I they they uh I I agreed with that very early on. I remember when they first they they released a full image of Pennywise way before there was anything else. Like they they put that out there very early on. And I remember being like, oh, this is a weird choice for for paint. Like, I remember really loving the costume, but thinking the the makeup choice was a little odd, especially because the whole point of Pennywise is that he's supposed to look happy and, and lure children in and not be scary until the point where he needs to be scary. But there are a couple moments in both films where he is more kid like. And that was one of the. Um, one of the scenes I really loved from chapter two was uh, when he meets Vicky underneath the bleachers. Mm-hmm. He's very good at like, first of all, she comes out and says, uh, you're scary. No, which I loved that. They like kind of acknowledge that. But then Pennywise immediately does what he's good at doing. And he shows her that there's no reason to be scared, that he's just a, a silly little clown mm-hmm. that will never have no friends, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then he immediately becomes fucking scary again. So yeah. I, that I really, I liked that. That was one of the, yeah. my favorite scenes. Yeah. And I feel like that's even reflective of how Pennywise is in the book with like preying on lonely kids and, and exposing um and like using their isolation almost against them. Cause she feels bad for him and it's very manipulative yeah. and fucked up. Um, and I love that addition. If we're talking about other editions with Pennywise, like the carnival, um, the canal days when, um, Bill is running towards, uh, to save the skateboard kid. I thought that was all a very cool addition and visually yeah. like extremely scary. And I'm just a sucker for fucking carnivals in general. Um, and I, I just, I really liked all that stuff. I will say talking about skateboard, Bored boy, I was bummed. And Jake, I know you were bummed too. They didn't have the line from the book about how you can't be too safe on a skateboard because yeah. it felt like that was like was all they set it up to deliver that line. Yeah, and it wasn't they there. must have filmed it. They yeah. must have filmed it because they they're having that uh, Bill and and that kid have a have a pretty um, charming conversation conversation in the book. And it goes it's a little different, but they they do it in the film. And, you know, that conversation ends with Bill saying, hey, you know, be careful. And the kids saying uh, you can't be too careful on a skateboard. And it's kind of like among people who have read the book, it's kind of one of the like it's like one of the favorite quotes of the book. And uh, and, you know, in the movie, Bill says, be careful. And and it just cuts. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, that'll be an extended edition. Maybe they just didn't do it. I loved this movie. I, I liked it more than the first one, although I don't think that the adult losers were as perfectly cast as the kids. Uh, we can get into that if we want to maybe do a rundown of all of the, you know, the folks that were cast in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I thought that this movie felt like such a throwback. It didn't feel like modern horror. It felt more like a weirdly paced, kind of odd at times quirky 90s TV miniseries, which 
is what it was. And it was that way because of the way the book is structured. Um, so I really, really loved the way that they did it piece by piece with my, the guy who played Mike Hanlon, if we can get his name was fantastic. Isaiah. God, it's Isaiah something. I remember we got out. I called Jake. I was like, Hey, it's cool. Hold on. They got the guy from the 1990 it who played adult Mike Hanlon to come back. Because like he was, <laughs> he's actually the guy from the old spice commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Isaiah yeah. Mustafa. So he was great. And the way like they filmed him, like calling each member of the losers club and then like the fade out technique, like what I would do if I was making the movie, I was like, and then it fades out. Like <laughs> they it did was, it very differently. They did it very differently than I was kind of expecting all that to happen, yeah. which is, which is a good thing. Cause that's one of the big things, you know, about, even if you don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the movie, you're like, okay, I know it's going to start with this guy calling everybody back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think though, and I want you guys to talk on this a little bit. Um, this movie is not being as well received as the first one critically or with audiences. And I think the first one, you know, you're coming off of stranger things. You're capitalizing on a coming of age tale that feels like it's the right time for this movie. It, people have such a nostalgia for it. At least they think they do. And it played more like a straightforward, really well done coming of age horror movie. Mm-hmm. It was extremely successful, most successful horror movie of all time. I think that actually took a little... In some cases, Andy Muschietti or or a director in that position could have felt the pressure to try to repeat that. But I kind of feel like they, him and and the writer and his sister Barbara who produces, I feel like maybe the pressure was taken off where they were like, now we can really do whatever we want. And they kind of did. And people are a little taken aback like, whoa, this is different. I'm I'm very happy they did that because you know going into the first film there there were certain aspects of the first film that felt so tropey and so like products of other mood like there are some things that it's just like okay this is we're going to we're going to buy into this you know trend of the conjuring movies and all this other shit and and put that in my most beloved book of all time okay mm-hmm. I can get past it and they maybe still jump into that area a little bit in this film but uh something that you know when you when you watch the first version of it you can look at that and be like okay these are these are people who just wanted to remake it but then when you watch the second half i can i can look back step back and be like okay these are people who are fans of stephen king and 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 these people read and they know this book yeah and they are fans of the book they're not just trying to make a sequel to it because one of the things that I think a lot of people are complaining about is what you said, Craig, is the structure and how kind of all over the place it has it is. And another filmmaker could have taken it and changed that, but they wanted to stay true to the structure of the book, the way it jumps around, goes back and forth. I was so happy that we got so much of so much flashback with the kids and got to see mm-hmm. them all, you know, in the we got house. to see yeah, you know, when whenever we watch, yeah, the clubhouse is something that is in the book that is kind of yep. not in the first and film that's at all. Legit, and, some of my favorite shit in the book. And it's even like whenever we, I think we might have talked about this on the show, or or, or maybe this was in the, in a personal conversation. But one of the things in the first it that they changed is they made the barons 
not like a happy place. Like the Barrens is where they go to hang out. Mm -hmm. But in it, chapter one, the Barrens is that's just they go there because Bill thinks that's where he's going to find his brother's body. Right. And then that's it. They never talk about it again. But then in this film, they go back to the Barrens and they're like, oh, this, this is also this is where our clubhouse right. is. Yeah. And you're and like, OK, cool. This is. Yeah. Yeah. You get it reinforces the Losers Club as they have they hang out only with each other and they have to go underground basically to get away from people. And I love that part. And I love clubhouses. I grew up having a tree house and I built or I remember digging an underground hole that my brother and I hung out in. We called it the Dragon's Lair. So I legitimately like loved that stuff in the book. And it was really cool to see that in the movie um, and to see the flashbacks, we should probably mention, I guess, a little bit of the de-aging because I think it was during one of those scenes that oh, I think Ben and Richie had thing. a couple weird de-aging moments. There's some bad special effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there is some, I don't want to just slap the label CGI. I don't need Mr. Sony yelling at me, <laughs> but for a lack of a better term, not even just the de-aging, there is some shots that I feel like almost they went, they they look a little janky, and I feel like they did it on purpose. Like what? What specifically are you talking about? Because I, I don't. I I had a couple de aging things that popped out to me, yeah. but other than that, the other CGI. I know there's a lot of it, but hey, when you're talking about some interdimensional being that can take its whatever shape it wants, there's, it's going to be CGI. I thought some of, when the leper comes back a little bit and like when Mrs. Kirsch is all wobbly and like doing her, whatever that is, her Elvira okay. dance, like there's that just, I thought that I did think was weird, but it, but because of the tone of the movie, it almost feels like I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm think about that. Mrs. Kirsch scene. Think about Jessica Chastain. She's back in this house where she was abused by her father. And, I was like, it's almost weirder that it didn't look like an ultra realistic whatever. Like it almost like lends itself to the, I have to think that there's a stylistic choice at some point. Yeah. And it's actually, when people go, she becomes like a giant goblin and like chases. When people go, Oh, the CGI is bad. It's like, you don't, it's like, you're not getting what they're going for. It's not supposed to. Exactly. There, there are shots in it. Chapter one of, uh, certain specific scenes where Pennywise is um, uh, specifically when he is Judith, the, the, you know, the painting on the wall, the, the, the way it moves is very weird. And I saw a lot of people talking about like, why does that CGI look bad? And I'm like, no, I think that, I think that's on purpose. Like it has to be. And, but I thought like overall the way, the way Pennywise looks when he transforms, I thought looked better in this movie than it does in the first film. In the first film, the whole Georgie scene at the beginning, yeah, I think is a very perfect opening to the movie. I think it is a, I think that adaptation of the book, that whole Penny Georgie wife scene, I think it's beautiful. It's terrifying. It's very well acted by both actors. But when Pennywise turns to bite Georgie's arm, I always was like, oh, that CGI does yeah. not look great to me. And there were no times in this film whenever he was changing or doing something that I, I specifically thought about it during the Adrian Mellon scene at the beginning. I was like, all right, is the CGI going to look weird when he, when he bites him? And I'm like, Oh no, that, yeah, that looks pretty great to me. Let's talk about that scene. Cause it's, it's quote, causing quote unquote controversy. And it's yeah. like, if you don't get 
what they're doing there. Like A, it's in the book, and B, it's there for a reason. Abby, it's I in there you, for a reason. You have yeah. some yes. thoughts about it. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's it's un, it's like <clears throat> Stephen King uses racism, homophobia, um, like bullying tactics, and and things like that. They to to show that a character is bad and to explain that that's evil. You have to have like forces of evil in a giant book like this. And dairy itself is like infected or infested with all of um, the evil that Pennywise brings. So it's, it's like part of dairy to, to see that kind of like just disgusting hatred displayed in that fashion. And, me- and I think that people are looking at it and saying like, well, why is this being depicted as something that happens in 2019 when the reality is like, these things do still happen. It's disgusting. It's awful, but it's being used in a way to to show the darkness and the the need for for the losers that to scene, find together and come back. To me, that scene is ten times, fifty times harder to watch than Georgie. Yeah, it's scary because it's a kid and all that. But this is it raises the stakes. I think, and I think the, the fact that there's a some- there's an actual real world precedent for that makes it even that much more effective and scary. It's also like the most brutal part of that entire scene doesn't have Pennywise in it at all. Like it's them, it's them, you know, beating Adrian Mellon. And that is something like Craig, you were, I mean, you, you talked about it that, yeah, it's in the book, but it is specifically in the book. And, and I mean, they can't like, they don't just hit you over the, like, obviously it's different when you're reading, when you're reading it, there are these sections called the dairy interludes where you'll hit a section and it's like, okay, this chapter of the book is telling you something insanely awful or crazy that happened in dairy, you know, a hundred years ago. And the point of all of that stuff is because all of that stuff happens in dairy because of Pennywise. It is Mm -hmm. all rooting back. It had like bad things happen. And in the movie, they're not going to hit you over the head and be it's like, in the Hey, water. Yeah. this hate crime is happening because of Pennywise. But yeah. they're showing you the first movie has a section where Ben goes to the library and he's like, okay, the mill exploded. All these kids died on the Easter egg hunt. There's like, you know, the, the black spot happened. Like they yeah. are telling you this is happening. You because- look under the surface. It's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Um, that scene is, a pretty intense scene in the book. Um, that's something that's one of the things that I was always like, man, if they make a it movie, they will, I bet you they won't put that Adrian Mellon scene in there. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, it came out whenever the casting started happening for chapter two, that it was going to be in there. And I remember that was something where I was like, Oh, we're, it looks like we're going for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not just that there is a very weird detail of Pennywise biting his underarm, which is just like, that sounds silly, but when you read it in the way Stephen King writes it, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, well, you have it's a fucking so sensitive bundle terrifying. of nerves under there. It sounds, it's yeah. disgusting, it's specific, it's weird, and it's believable in some weird I'm way. I'm glad they put that in there. Me yeah, too. I'm glad it's in Well, yeah, and I feel like at the end of the day, it serves the story, and it is a movie, and as horrible, and it is horrible, it's the most horrible thing imaginable when somebody goes, that movie's not scary. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's more scary than that? Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's pure evil. Um, let's talk about, uh, some of the cast. So obviously okay. all the kids are back. Uh, let's talk about Jessica Chastain first. So she was long rumored to be playing Beverly Marsh. Mm-hmm. She was cast. I like Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty good in this movie. Abby. Yeah. 
I have no qualms, uh, no issues. She, I won't say she like stole my heart, but I think she filled the role um, pretty well. And I enjoyed her performance. I enjoyed her scenes. And I mean, Sophia Lillis, I would say I'd probably prefer her as my Bev. I thought she, even in this movie in chapter two, was just like stunning and incredible. And she's just just very believable and has a lot of emotion. Um, Jessica Chastain was great. I, I don't have any complaints. I, like I said, she I didn't fall in love, but pretty good. Jake, what do you think? Um, out of the seven, so out of the seven losers, I think there are probably three or four that are pretty big standouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think Jessica Chastain is one of them. I think she, like you just said, she's fine. She's a good actress. She did fine in the role, but Sophia Lillis is amazing. As amazing. Bev. Yeah. And, and I know, uh, uh, the Muschietti's are, are friends with Jessica Chastain. And I also saw an interview with Barbara Muschietti recently where she was like, we literally never had anybody else in mind other than Jessica Chastain. She's about- red. She's a redhead. She's a good actress. She's their friend. But I think there, there's probably someone out there who could have been I think a better Bryce Dallas Howard. Bev. Bryce Dallas Howard could be a better everything. Dude, but listen, she would because fine. she has that like magnetism that Sophia Don't Lillis do this has. To me. You're about to make me so bummed Dude, out. Dude, she's got <laughs> like you, she should have carried that because everybody's in love with Bev in the book and as a kid and as an adult. And that stuff comes yeah. back stronger when they're all together again. So I feel yeah. like she should have had that mystical attraction magnetism quality. And she kind of she's yeah. Jessica, she, Jessica Chastain yeah she was fine yeah she was fine I, I I don't think she was bad in the role I don't think any of these kids or any of these adult actors were bad but she wasn't one that I was like oh shit yeah that's how you, I felt who do you think one of the standouts were Bill Hader Bill Hader yeah Bill I Hader think, for sure and, mm-hmm. and it also Bill Hader I've always liked Bill Hader but it's like I've you know you're used to seeing him only do really really silly stuff mm-hmm. um which he's really good at and Richie is very silly. So it's fine. The first half of the movie felt like Bill Hader kind of being Bill Hader, but it reaches a point where you're like, Oh, Bill, Bill Hader can act. Yeah. And it, it it did get pretty like he, he was a standout to me, to me, there were three standouts and it was Bill Hader. It was, um, the guy who played Eddie. I'm not sure if James, his name is James James Ransom, Ransom, I think. Um, and, and the guy who played Mike Isaiah, um, Mike is my favorite character in the book. And in the first film, my biggest, like the thing that I was bummed out about the most is that Mike is barely in that first movie. And, um, you guys good over there? Sorry. I just realized that, uh, James Ranson is a character from the show, the wire. He played one of my favorite junkies and I fucking, he's going to, he's going to be a spooky empire. Fuck. (laughs) I'm going to meet his ass. That's really cool. Okay, that's really cool. I was very happy with Mike in this film because he did have a much larger role. He had a much more important role. They made a pretty big change to the book and put Mike in the final battle with Pennywise, and I'm okay I'm okay with that. I yeah. want him there. So that was a good – to me, that was a good change, and I think those three actors were the, were the standout of the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James McAvoy was pretty good, and I don't – I'm kind of indifferent on him, like in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. He should have had a ponytail. Well, obviously. <laughs> he should have been he should have been bald. <laughs> yeah, how come nobody got you know all their bikes with uh It's all right. Have a good time. That's my face. It's, it's all right. right. It's my face. Um, I think I think he's very good at um I, I realized this in the middle of the movie and I was like, hey, maybe this is why Split is such a good film. James McAvoy is very, very good at 
turning into just a completely different person because I did feel that he acted a lot like the kid. He he, he got his uh, his mannerisms and the voice yeah. down. There were a few times where I'm like, he said that exactly how I, I think the child actor yeah. would, would have said that. It kind of looks like Breckin Meyer. Yeah. Um, I his think- stutter was like, you could I could watch him stutter and not feel uncomfortable. I felt It felt real. It goes without saying that Bill Skarsgård is amazing. As yeah. Pennywise. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Jay Ryan, Ben Hanscom. We're talking okay. weak links. Okay. I-, I thought he wasn't great. I didn't love him. I I can't figure out if I would have preferred to have a recognizable face because it, that didn't really work with Jessica Chastain for me. Um, I don't know why he didn't really like resonate with me. He's definitely a super attractive like model type. Um, he just didn't feel like he was a really good actor, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't yeah. Know. I'm not, he would be overly critical, was, but yeah, I agree. It, I, I guess it's. I don't know. It's like part of you. Part of me wants to be like, oh, you know, what's hard in a movie where there's like seven lead, you know, actually when there's like 14 leads, if you count the kids plus Pennywise, whatever. But I'm like, no, but the other people were really great. He was just like kind of a it was like, all right, cool. Well, there's Ben. Yeah. Hey, we need to give a shout out to our other favorite Ben, Brandon Crane. Brandon Crane. I was so happy to see him. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, so we had Brandon, Brandon on the podcast. show. He played young Ben in the original uh, It miniseries, and we had yep. him on YHS. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played, I guess, uh, an executive at the company that new Ben works at. And yeah. he kind of had a long scene. Yeah. Like it was he a did, speaking yeah. role. He was a pretty good actor. I uh, I completely forgot. I had known ahead of time that he was going to be in the film, and then I and it was I I found out about that so long ago that I completely forgot. And I was like, Oh my God, he, he, I, that's right. He's in this. I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that and then cool. we, uh, I, we mentioned him, but James, uh, Ranson who played Eddie, um, I thought that was a fantastic performance mm-hmm. to see him go from like where he was to when it builds up to the scene of him getting stabbed in the cheek yeah. by, and then- Pennywise and pulling it out and like oh, what what's his name the mullet oh um Henry uh, Bowers Bowers yeah Henry Bowers sorry yeah uh and then he stabs him back like I thought all that was really good and that was like a really cool character turning point moment where he kind of like proved to himself that he could do it right mm-hmm. and I, that was one of the sorry I didn't mean go ahead no you no your you're thought. good go I was just gonna say uh I, I've seen some people complaining that maybe there is maybe a little too much humor here and there. Um, I don't completely agree with that too much, but I do think that that scene specifically, like that scene was kind of played for laughs. There, there are some jokes in that scene. No, that specific scene of Eddie, Eddie getting stabbed in the face was played for laughs. Like he gets stabbed in the face and then he laughs and then he tells, he says a joke. He says like, cut your mullet. It's been 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of weird. That scene should be that should be a terrifying scene like that. Yeah. Henry Bowers coming back under the like, you know, the the control of Pennywise and trying to murder and stat like mm-hmm. in, the, in the books, weird in jokes. the books and in the original, it's Mike. You know, he takes Mike out of the final battle in that mm-hmm. scene and they change it. And I'm OK with them changing that. But I felt like I'm OK with comedy throughout this entire movie. But that I feel like we should have maybe kept it. So kept it straight. Clipped and I think my face. I think so. There's the Paul Bunyan scene, 
which, which is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it has all the people in Derry singing to Richie, like mm-hmm. you've got a dirty little secret. Yeah. Kind of starting to imply that, I mean, there's there are, numerous articles and Bill Hader. I read an entire interview with him talking about developing his character with Andy Muschietti about how it's been hinted at in fans of the book have had like, I think they refer to him as Reddy, like the uh, Richie and Eddie, like kind of like Holt. Oh yeah, there's a fan yeah, fiction. fan fiction that they're like in a relationship. Or Who's have... right? Like I love that there's people like right. actively writing that. And I think that they were like when they went into this movie, it was like, do we want to go and be on the nose about it or do whatever? And I think that Bill uh, Hader's quote was that if you're gonna like go up to the bell you may as well like ring it or something too like if you're gonna do it do it all the way so i think that was their intention with this movie but it's also kind of open to interpretation as it could just be a very close friendship but it could be platonic love between friends who were always giving each other shit but at the end of the day like like love is love yeah either way i think it kind of doesn't matter right it doesn't doesn't i don't think it matters either way you you pick it up you know like before it's always a little I don't want to like shame anybody or, or, or call something that somebody gets enjoyment out of weird, but fan fiction is always a little weird. Yeah. And, and, it, and to take like two characters and be like, Oh, these two characters, like in my head, they're like, that's, I, that's a concept I don't get, but if it makes you happy, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, whether they make him gay or not, to me does not matter because it's like, no matter what, yeah. these characters all love each other and they go through kind of a really, you know, they go through an insane, awful experience. And I think one of my favorite things about the film is that when you get to the end of the the movie and after, you know, Richie does realize that like he, and and however, in whichever form it is that he loves Eddie Mm -hmm. and they all love each other. And it's, it, it it is very touching and it's very well done. Yeah. And that's something, that's something that people, who haven't read the book don't know that the book is very much like I was having a conversation with a client today who had read the book and um, yeah, everybody knows that the book is about a killer clown that eats kids in the sewer that might get weird, but nobody really knows that the book throughout it's, you know, 1400 pages or whatever. It is very much about the friendship and how mm-hmm. special these seven people are to each other and how much they interact and change each other's lives. Yep. And it is very, very like Stephen King is, you know, we might make fun of Stephen King's endings or how he doesn't write Dude, scary uh-uh. stories, anymore, but he is very he you know, he he sells as many books as he does for a fucking reason. He's a he's a brilliant writer. Yeah. And some of the things that he says and the way he describes like some of these friendships yes. and, and the way they defeat Pennywise yes. is because it had to be like it all. It's like, just like a very emotional thing. Like and it, fr- and it, go ahead. Say what when, you're when they're building the dam in the beginning of the book as kids and uh, Ben's like explaining how to do it and says like, yeah, you guys can do it this way. You can do it this way. And then Bill's like, well, we'll do it this way. The the inclusive stuff that I remember reading that in the restaurant I work at and just crying my eyes out at lunch. It's it's very touching. Yeah, exactly. And, and to me, they pulled some of that off in the movie. Like, I know it's hard to translate that kind of stuff from a, from a, you know, a book written by probably the greatest fucking writer of our, Mm -hmm. you know, generation, but yeah, they pulled a lot of that really touching stuff off, yeah. especially at the end with the seven of them, uh, 
just hanging out afterwards, seeing themselves in the in the mirror. And there's also there's there's a passage in the book that um has always been I have my book in front of me right now and I have this book has highlight like I I went through it looks it like a highlighted Bible. all the I grew does. up in the it's church got, it looks like the way we used to do our Bibles it's got like little tabs in it for everything and there yeah. is a passage that happens on page 817 of this copy of the book and it has always been since the first time I read this book it has been kind of a, a just a paragraph that kind of stands out doesn't seem like something you would you would read in like if so, you know it doesn't seem like something that would be in the book about the killer clown you know mm-hmm. um but it's a passage that made it into the movie uh and when i saw it i was like oh my i instantly it instantly made me cry and yeah. i and it's bare, it's in the movie kind of quick but in the ending when bill is writing his new book mm-hmm. you know they show like text up on the screen they just flat out have text on the screen mm-hmm. and then they show you that that's what's bill is writing mm-hmm. that par- that paragraph is in this book and i'm going to i want to read it yeah do it all right so this is um this is from eddie this is something eddie says to himself uh, it, it's a convert he's uh, I, I just want to give a little context it's yeah. something where he's talking about you know his mom's being a fucking asshole yeah. you know don't your friends are all bad friends they broke your arm is broken because of them and this is what eddie is thinking here he says uh uh they were his friends and his mother was wrong they weren't bad friends maybe he thought there aren't any such things as good friends or bad friends Maybe they're just friends, people who stand by you when you're hurt and who help you feel not so lonely. Maybe they're always worth being scared for and hoping for and living for. Maybe worth dying for, too, if if that's what it has to be. No good friends, no bad friends, only people you want, need to be with, people who build their houses in your heart. I'm literally that's, crying right now. That's the most, be- like, that's the most beautiful thing I've right ever, now, like, Jake. that's the most beautiful thing I've ever read in my life. Yes, you know? and this book has always been that way. I always read it as a metaphor for having, because for me personally, having you and friends in my life has been the thing that's helped me defeat my monsters and the and things me. that I face. Yeah, and I've always just, like, fucking connected with I that do. Hi, <laughs> that actually reminds me of a passage of another book I read called... <laughs> There's eyes of the dragon. Yes, eyes of the dragon. Chapter one. <laughs> chapter. The dragon chapter had one. eyes. Chapter one, page one. Chapter one, page one. <laughs> one, page one. Line eyes. one. <laughs> I just like to me like that is that's a beautiful yeah. paragraph. Yeah. You know what I mean? It Absolutely. really is, and it comes from the mind of like you know of a, of a child in this universe, and like they put that on the screen. You know, they put it in yeah. there. They made sure yeah. that like yeah. that that's that's and dedication think, yeah. to and detail. That's fucking Stephen King too. And I, at the end of The Shining. There's a really good speech by Holloran that's like fucking touching as fuck. And even though that movie or that book is very terrifying, that's what I really love about Stephen King is his like super big emo heart and all the good stuff that's in there. So, so I agree. and I think they really, even without knowing that level of character detail yeah. about Eddie, they kind of, they capture that and they do it kind of secretly. Like it isn't till after Eddie dies and then you see Bill Hader like recarving the the R and E with the mm-hmm. heart, where yeah. it all kind of hits you at one time. Yeah. And also, I was reading in that article today that they filmed a couple different versions of that scene where Eddie dies. Yeah, I read that. Too. And that there was one where Eddie they go back and Eddie's still alive and he tries to say something to Richie. He, like, he never finishes. That's like in the book. Yeah, 
but they didn't put that in. Uh, so, but really special, really great characters. And like, it's just good. Like, mm-hmm. it's just good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, that's why even though we have little nitpicks here and there and some stuff that maybe didn't land, it's like overall, it has such the, a good feeling. That's the, the point movie. of an adaptation. You're, you're taking, uh, what is a known entity and adapting it into a new medium. And you're going to pick out a bunch of the good stuff and not, and you're going to also create some new stuff. And like, mm-hmm. we always talk about like, that's okay to take yeah. some liberties. Um, a couple of things I wanted to touch on before we, sh- uh, just a couple little fun facts. Uh, the woman who was cast as Eddie's wife is the same woman who played his mom, uh, mm-hmm. as yeah, a child, which I thought that was kind of just fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stephen King cameo was actually not even that he was in this movie as long as Bill Murray was an answer to the call. Uh, <laughs> and it was really fun and yeah. silly. And Stephen King kind of seems like the kind of guy, even though he's like a billionaire and kind of a hermit, I could see him owning a pawn shop and just hanging out in there, like yeah. selling yeah. stuff to the yeah. local townspeople. He's an entire book about that. Um, yeah, it's called the dragon something. No, needful okay. things. Got needful things. <laughs> yes, um, Andy Mushu, there's been a lot. So now that the movie's out, it's successful. There's a couple things they're talking about. We touched on this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Andy Muschietti wants to do an ultimate cut that kind of keeps the narrative of the book with going back and forth and possibly adding in some deleted scenes and maybe even filming some new scenes. I think that is a very ambitious and cool thing. And I really hope he gets the opportunity to do it. I agree with that. Um, I would love to see an ultimate cut, whether, whether he gets to film new stuff or not, it would be great to see new stuff, but yeah, I would love to see that. Um, God, I feel like we've been talking about this movie for so long and Mm -hmm. haven't talked about so many things that are in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, We're we're probably going to need a second viewing where we revisit it a little bit because there's just a lot. I have not been able to, I've been thinking about it a lot, you know, like I have had a lot of weird, I, I kind of went into it, maybe expecting to not see some of the things I really wanted to see. And then was kind of blown away by being like, Oh cool. They yeah. put, they put random shit like Pennywise's door with a symbol on it in yeah. this movie, which is a very cool, you know, symbol you know, that's about to very, be tattooed on your a, person. Yeah. I, I, immediately. But, um, Jake, you have God, a person. It's just so much. Um, you have a person. What? You have I a person. person. You're don't, a tattoo? Yeah, but don't but don't tell the cop. I want to um, film a video where Craig is like Mike Hamlin calling you and I and saying we have to go back to the movie theater to see this movie <laughs> to watch it, dude. Yeah. I have been on YouTube. You, I completely forgot my thought, and you just reminded me. I have been on YouTube like looking up bootleg scenes. I've been like, okay, I want to see weird little baby Pennywise. Oh my again. god! Now, Jake, and I keep I keep watching it over and over. Did you put two and two together that uh, little baby dying Pennywise looks like Jim Carrey's Riddler in Batman Forever in the end of the movie? Was that you that figured that out? I did. I sent that. They to look you. so similar, and I, I didn't did. Somebody, uh, I, I, I've seen a couple different things, kind of making fun of the little baby Pennywise, but I genuinely loved it. I like how weird it is, and I think it's, I think in a movie where it's such an epic film that spans twenty seven years, and th- this creature that like feeds on fear and becomes this giant, you know, it's this giant space creature that's been alive for thousands of years and you know to kill it they they literally turn it into a small withering baby and just pull his heart out and 
I thought that was a cool interpretation because they do pull his heart out in the in the book, you know, in the yeah. in the original miniseries. That is how they destroy it. They pull its heart out, but they do that in its like spider form, you know, and it's still this big creature. And I thought making, you know, using that like, you know, it eats your fear. If you don't believe in it, then yeah. it doesn't have any fucking power yeah, against that's you. And I, I just loved that little that little cute you know, little Pennywise with all my, the multiple arms. My initial thought, the last hour of this movie feels like, like high fantasy. It feels like Lord of the it Rings. Is. Yeah. It is. It, it does not. It's and, a fucking it, space monster. It like. is. And it's like, it, maybe, maybe it's just not even a horror movie at all. Like maybe this, it maybe is more of a, a sci-fi fantasy with horror elements because once they go down, into Pennywise's lair and he's turning into the spider and they're fighting it. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene. I can't remember the line, but Bill Hader is like in the middle of saying something and he immediately goes into like sees the deadlights and he's up in the air. Like he's saying oh. yippee. He's saying yippee. Kaye, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, he's he's uh, quoting die he's hard. Like, like, truth or dare. <laughs> I got a truth for you. You're a sloppy bitch. That's what he <laughs> said. I've, Guys, I've watched this enough that I now like know the. I've been just watching it on YouTube. So he says, "Yippee Kaye, go!" Yeah, boom. it's just so. He's immediately in the deadline. And yeah. honestly, I thought what I loved in the first movie is I, I. It didn't. When Bev goes into the deadlights into the first movie, it was one of my favorite parts. I like that aspect of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's yeah. something that I. That's when I read the book for the first time that is one of the things that kind of caught me by surprise, not knowing, you know, when you don't know what Pennywise is, or when you watch the first half, you're just kind of like, Oh, he's just a monster. It's some sort of monster. I knew we were in for a different kind of movie when Mike and, uh, and Bill are doing their drug experiment and like learning the history of Pennywise. I I want to talk about that. Like that is a big, the smoke hole scene is a very big, part of the book like Mm -hmm. it it happens in a different um section i'm pretty sure it happens when they're kids and they kind of all do it together yeah but they do there is a smoke hole they do like they're like hey what did the indians do like and then they 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 do some research and they're like let's go do that and mike and i think i think it might be richie mike and richie are the only ones who are able to handle the smoke long enough to actually see the vision but that is in the book, and I, I just love that all the yeah. weird shit. My favorite fucking part of the book is the scene where Pennywise is, like, coming into the atmosphere and landing in, on Earth millions of years ago. And they put that in the fucking yeah. movie. That's how you fucking make a villain and do backstory, Joker. Like, you do it fucking, make him fall from space. Make, you have to take a fucking route and go in a goddamn smoke hole. Dude, what if there's a movie where Bruce Willis and a team of deep oil drillers have to land on Pennywise before he <laughs> on, enters. Pennywise. on floating Pennywise. Yeah. Oh. It's their fault that he lands on earth. I like um, that. This movie's good. There's a lot of weird shit in this movie that I, I'm really, I liked it more I'm just than the really first happy one. it is there. I'm saying that now. I liked it better than chapter Here's one. another episode where YHS is just agreeing on everything. No, we did not agree on Joker. We fought earlier. Now we can be nice. Fought on Joker. Joker. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. It, it's going to take multiple viewings. I hope they do an ultimate cut. Now, Jake, here's something we do disagree with. Uh, Bill Skarsgård and Andy Muschietti, like there's talk of keeping this thing going, maybe a prequel, prequel series, delving into 
more of the uh, terrible history of dairy. I'm not saying they have to do it or that they should do it. I'm saying if they do it, I'm going to be there watching it. That's all I'm saying. Well, if they do it, I'm going to be there watching it too, but this is where I stand on that. I think they could have done a trilogy. I, I think they could have made this a trilogy. There's, there's plenty of stuff in the book and this movie is three hours long. They could have, you know, made it take three films. They could have figured that out somehow. Um, but now that they've done the conclusion, I don't want to see a prequel. Yeah, they could go back and do the black spot or do these things, but we've already witnessed, you know, Pennywise's, uh, death. Here's so I thing, don't know. It's like lost. We saw this story, but Pennywise has been there for millions of years, but here, let's see some more he, stories. Yeah, you're right. But I, I just feel like for me, it's such a like emotional, ride to kind of have gone through like maybe for like a normal moviegoer who doesn't have as big of is an investment in the story of it itself yeah. this is my favorite book i have read it multiple times i you know read it for the first time way before i knew that there was this new film coming i have like an emotional attachment to the story to these characters to the things that happen and and like being so stressed out all through production of the first film, watching the first film, then kind of going through like, oh, I love that. Oh, I hated this part about it. I still love it. And then having to go through that again for the second half of the movie, which I came out of it being like, oh, this came out, I think, in my favor. I like this. And I don't I'm done now. You know what I mean? It's like I did that. I I, I want to not have to worry about another theatrical version of it for like, you know, 15 years or 10 years or something. I'm okay yeah. with waiting a while. I have the book right here. You know, I'll read the book again. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Pennywise on screen in a whole movie. That's not, not based on a book. I don't want Pennywise to become the next fucking the nun or the con. I don't want that. Yeah. Cause I want, I see your, Penny I, see your point. I want Pennywise's last words to be, Look at you. You're all grown up. Oh, I just got scared. Done. I mean, I get it, dude. I don't think I'd have interest unless the losers are there. Like, I feel like they make the story for me. Um, And yeah, going back into Pennywise through histories. I don't I love dairy and everything, but I don't think it could. I don't think an entire film could rest on those stories. Maybe a TV series or like an FX eight minute short film. Yeah, you like you you hit the nail on the head. The story is not about Pennywise. It's about those seven characters, and without them in it, without them anchoring the other stories, it's not going <laughs> to hold there's up. A, there's yeah. a really funny line early in the movie where they're trying to get back together, and I think it's uh, Richie who says, "Can't we just kick this kick the can down the road another twenty seven years and deal with it?" Then? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we haven't mentioned Stanley once. Uh, really, it's a touching and sad way that he goes out mm -hmm. and you're kind of mad at him if you don't if you don't know the story you're kind of annoyed and like what the fuck but then yeah. when you realize he did it because he knew he had to it's yeah, really because did you guys like that i, I don't know, know man what's it do I, in the book in the book it's it, it adds to I, the terror of how awful going back to dairy would be to me i feel like it makes pennywise scarier to because it's not explained like you hear all that from the perspective of his wife and he goes up and takes a bath like during a tv show after getting the call and it just and then he fucking slips his wrist and then he writes it on the wall in his blood right yeah and to it's me, like more fucked up to me um so 
I'm kind of a little bit of two minds about it because that's that letter he sends them at the end. It is, it is very touching and it is like, it, it's like you feel nice hearing all of that. And it adds to that whole emotional feel of the end of the book. But that is a big change because in the book, uh, he is too weak and he is too scared to deal with it. He a hundred percent kills himself because he can't face Pennywise again. Like it's just, it's a tragic thing that happens. And Pennywise taunts the losers about it throughout the, like, you know, whenever, whenever they're, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. In the film, his head is in the fridge. And you know, when he does the, um, when he does the thing about, uh, when they're in the, the, the fortune cookies and it says guest Stan couldn't cut it. I really loved that because that is Mm -hmm. what Pennywise does. He like, he -hmm. talks shit about how Stan, couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and then that is terrifying and scary. And it's just like, yeah. Hey, your best friend just killed oh, himself because scene. he couldn't handle this fucking clown. And then they kind of take that and it, and it felt almost like a cheat. It felt a little bit like Andy was like, Oh, you know what? We need to give, we need to give Stan a little more than Love he couldn't hand. He mm-hmm. couldn't handle it. So let's, let's make his decision to Noble. kill himself for a re they couldn't have done it if Stan wouldn't have killed himself that I'm a little weird on. I don't, I don't love that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Seeing people cut their wrists is the most to me. I can't watch anytime I see it in a movie. Like I can't watch it. Oh, it's for the, me, the stuff I couldn't watch was with the uh, leper down and under the pharmacy with like all the needles and fucking blood hey. bags. With his long tongue, like he has in the book yeah. that he did not have in the first movie. Dude, that's a that's a long tongue, and that's a scary ass scene, man. There, I I kind of want. I know I'm gonna go back and see this yeah. movie in theaters. So we'll, we'll see it again. We'll we'll, and I'm sure once the Blu-ray comes out, we'll be talking about it more in depth. We're getting close to the two-hour mark, though, so we should probably wrap this up. Um, listen, go see it. God, I hope you didn't listen to this before seeing it. That's a bad. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but also, don't even um, see it if you've already listened to this. We had a really good uh, discussion thread going on in uh, group therapy too. So thank you for everybody for participating. Um, outlining the next couple weeks and months, we got some fun stuff coming out. We've got some movies coming out. Obviously, Joker's coming out. Uh, what else is coming out soon? Zombieland, Double Tap. I don't know. Do we care? Mm, no. Okay. Not really. Not Star really. Wars. Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars is coming, yeah. That's going to be good. And then... uh, Doctor Sleep in November, I think. Doctor Sleep. Dude, Mm -hmm. that's my birthday month. It's going to be huge. And let's face it. Here's the elephant in the room. Ghostbusters is being filmed right now. And we just... Do we even talk about it? I'm just putting it out of my head. Jason Reitman keeps posting these teases on Instagram. Yeah, he had like a... What what are those little breathing masks yeah he had on. a he had on like a lawnmower mask surgical mask but then i saw logan kim and mckenna grace had those on too but they decorated theirs to look like monsters oh that's cute why are they so cool they should have their own spin-off series of and then celeste now. o'connor <laughs> in her instagram story today had a ghostbusters hat on and i was yeah. like is that a crew hat let me get it let me get it <laughs> yeah um so look they're filming ghostbusters we and- should go out to the set and just you know Let's just stay costumes. there. And if they're wear. doing set visits, we'll come. You don't even have to ask us twice. We'll get passports. <laughs> um, but listen, we let you work. Uh, they're 45 days into filming. They are going to be wrapping up in about five weeks, four weeks. And hey, you know what that means? That means that within five weeks, we're probably going to know the entire. Like we're going to know 
Mm-hmm. If Bill Murray's in this movie, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Maybe we'll get a title. We'll get a poster. I'm still thinking Halloween. We might get some sort of reveal, maybe another teaser trailer, maybe something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's Dude, good. What That's if awesome. Finn Wolfhard is at Halloween Horror Nights the night that we're there and it's like for the big reveal and he's like in costume? <laughs> Go on. He surprises us. That's going to happen. And just shows us the trailer. Just us. Just us. (laughs) Um, Listen, I think it's a little far-fetched to think we'll get a full trailer in October, but with the re-release coming in theaters, Halloween is a big month for Ghostbusters, all the new stuff at Spirit. Uh, I would not be surprised if we get our first official poster and possibly a, a title. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that'd be great. That's what I'm yeah. betting on, a title. It's a good season, and it's a good time to sell your Proton Pack. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but until we get some more news, we'll, we'll keep avoiding spoilers and leaks and talking about other stuff. Anything else before we go? Uh, nope. Dude, I better go finish Doctor Sleep. There you go. See how disappointed yeah. I am. All right, everybody. Well, for Abigail Gardner and Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg. Thank you for joining us. Have some podcast episode 167. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.